Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We've been going through a series on the doctrine of ministry, the doctrine of ministry. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And unfortunately, through Christendom, uh, many uh, churchgoers uh, have bought into this idea of let the ordained ministers be holy, but yet I'm going to uh, not live to the same expectations as my pastor or deacon or elder uh, or Sunday school teacher. So we put all the holiness on them uh, so we can live however we want to live because we feel as though we're not being held accountable. But um, the truth is, God sees all of us as a royal priesthood. God sees all of us with a capital S, and that's the word servant. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And I'm paraphrasing, but humble himself uh, unto the cross. Jesus was the personification of a servant. If anybody could brag, it was Jesus. But yet he saw himself as a servant. We're talking about God the Son. We're talking about uh, the second person, of uh, a personage of the Trinity. We're talking about the one that created everything, and there wasn't anything that's been created that he wasn't a part of, according to John. So if Jesus saw himself as a servant then how can we be so prideful that we're not 
humble enough uh, to uh, minister to others. We're not humble enough to get in ministry. We're not humble enough to get beyond our reputation and stand up for Jesus Christ. So when we join a church, uh, many of us, we see people on the church roll, but yet only a handful of people are doing the work of the church. So I'm hoping this podcast encourages you to do more. Uh, If you're already active and uh, you're fully connected, then may the Lord continue to bless and sustain you as you work on his behalf. But uh, there are some of you who may be listening and you haven't connected. And if uh, you don't feel comfortable connecting at your church, there are plenty of Bible teaching churches all around the world. Find one and connect, but it's not enough to sit on the sidelines. So uh, last week, we ended with Christology, the study of Christ. And we talked about the nature of Christ, how the Bible tells us uh, some things about Christ's ontology. And by ontology, that fancy word is, is used in philosophy, and it just means being. Uh, uh, Christ is a divine being uh, who also ha- uh, took on a human uh, a beingness. Uh, so he's the only a real uh, a man that uh, walked this earth that was fully God and fully human at the same time. Uh, so keep that in mind. We, talk, we call that the hypostatic union. So Christ is fully God, fully human at the same time. And that's what the Bible tells us. So to diminish his divinity is to uh, teach an incorrect view of who Jesus is. To deny his humanity is to also give an incorrect view of who Jesus really is. So when we talk about the study of Christ, we have to uh, learn that in church. We have to learn that uh, in Bible study. And so when I use the term church, um, I'm using that in the terms of an established, localized group of believers, or uh, you could have a group of believers who are not um, how can I say this, uh, who are not connected to any denomination or uh, they're standalone and they're, they're teaching sound doctrine, that's fine too. Uh, but they hold each other accountable, right? They, uh, they're teaching the word of God. They're grooming leaders. And eventually, uh, if uh, they keep doing what they're doing, it's the Holy Spirit that adds to the church. So when we do our part and share the gospel and we live out the gospel, other people see it, uh, and and the Holy Spirit then uh, do what he does. So we need to do our part, as I always say. God always does his part. It's for us to do our part. So when we join church, we talked about joining church uh, to be open to learn about salvation. What, What is salvation? What does it mean? Uh, to be saved. Then we talked about Christology, learning about Christ. So not only do we learn about the ontology of Jesus, but we should learn about the atonement, uh, what he did on the cross and how that applies to humanity. So when Jesus went on the cross to die for our sins, that opened up the way for others to be saved, to get to know the Father. That uh, gave us a bridge. Uh, Oftentimes when we share the gospel. Um, we use the traditional track, uh, Christian track, T R A C K, uh, 
the bridge to life. We use that with children most of the time, and we show how uh, there's a chasm between man and God. And when we are first born, we, we all of us are still born with a sin nature. And even as cute as that baby is, that baby still has a sin nature. And um, if we don't accept Christ, who's on the other side, then there's this chasm. But then there's this bridge, and Jesus is the bridge. Jesus is the bridge to the Father. We know the Father's ways because of Jesus. We know the kingdom agenda because of Jesus. So uh, in Christology, we learn about the nature of Jesus as well as the function of Jesus. So we learn uh, um, some of these things when we take Christology. There's a lot more uh, in terms of Christology we can talk about. But when we join church, we should learn about Jesus, not not just the Hollywood Jesus, um, Hollywood has portrayed Jesus a certain way, not just the uh, traditional Jesus. Uh, many people have uh, treated Jesus like he's a cosmic bellhopper. Uh, they say they're Christians and they only call on Jesus when they need something. So when we talk about Jesus, it needs to be a biblical view of Jesus, not just a traditional view of Jesus. Uh, then when we join church, uh, we should want to learn more about the Bible. So we should join church to learn what the Bible says about salvation, what the Bible says about Christ and his uh, uh, beingness and his functionality and his, um, his, his atonement and, and what he did to uh, uh, secure us. Uh, he, 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 he bought us from the marketplace of sin. And literally, that's, that's the image that the Bible conveys about our salvation is that Jesus bought us from the marketplace of sin. So the next thing is we want to learn more about the Bible, the Bible, right? What is the Bible? How do, uh, 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 how do we get it? Uh, there's a, a book by my late mentor, Dr. Geisler, uh, Norman Geisler, and it says, From God to Us. So those pretty Bibles you, would have, you all have, the, the leather-bound Bible and the study Bible and the uh, Bible with the Bible dictionaries in the back and the concordances and the almanac, where do we get the Bible from, right? Where do we get it from? And, and we need to learn the historicity of, of, of the Bible. A lot of believers don't know where we got the Bible from. They believe in it, which is fine, but uh, we should be able to uh, give a historical account of how we got the Bible in our hands, right, from God to us. We need to be able to tell the story. So we learn more about the Bible in terms of the historicity, in terms of the uh, translations, uh, in in terms of the manuscripts, in terms of um, the, uh, the correctness of the Bible. Uh, in, in terms of the, um, the, 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 the Bible and how it's affected lives over the years. All, all of this encompasses learning about the Bible, uh, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. Uh, the term hermeneutics uh, is uh, a term we use in Christian theological circle, and that means uh, the science of, uh, of biblical interpretation, the art and science of biblical interpretation, that's hermeneutics, how we ought to uh, interpret the Bible. And you can't just, um, if you're studying the Bible, you can't just randomly select a text and just, and just start reading it without uh, practicing hermeneutics. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. 
Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. You can, but you likely end up with uh, a false conclusion. Uh, With the Bible, it's all about context, context, context. It's all about observation, right, when you study in the Bible, observing the Bible. All of this comes under hermeneutics, the correct way of reading the Bible. Uh, How do I read the Bible? We observe. We observe. And then we look at uh, the scripture that we read it in context. What are the verses before it? What are the verses afterwards? Then uh, we, we get into the etymology, meaning that you, you, many of you don't speak uh, Koinonia Greek. Many of you don't speak uh, Hebrew. So we depend on concordances. So how do we use the concordance? How do we get to the original language? Because the uh, original language is important. When I'm teaching my hermeneutic class, I remind the students that the first question of interpreting the Bible is not what does the Bible mean to you. I hear that a lot uh, when we're talking about a particular verse. Well, this is what it means to me. Um, Well, it really does not matter at that point what it means to you. The first question that should be asked is what was the intended meaning of the writer to the original audience? That's the first question that needs to be dealt with. When you're reading the Bible, the first question that needs to be uh, dealt with is, what is the intended meaning of the author to the original audience? Then, once you figure out what the uh, intended meaning was for the original audience, then you ask yourself, what does that mean to modern-day Christians? What is the principle that God wants us to learn for me today. So all of this is under hermeneutics. And we learned that when we are part of a Bible teaching local church. And we're learning all of this because the aim and the goal is we're going to be ministering. I may be called to teach Bible study. I may be called to teach vacation Bible school. I may be called to step in and teach a Bible lesson. So we, it's not just reserved for faithful few. All of us should be able to open up and, and break open and illuminate the word of God uh, or, or even to be called upon when somebody have a Bible question. So it's important for all of us to practice hermeneutics, the science and art of biblical interpretation. Then when we join church, not only uh, do we learn about salvation, not only do we learn about Christology, not only do we learn about the Bible and hermeneutics, but we learn about mercy and grace, mercy and grace, and mercy, we, we're dealing with uh, how God has withheld his hands from punishing us. That's, that's mercy. And then grace is his unmerited favor, God's favor towards us. So mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Grace is his unmerited favor. We learn about these things, and this is important for this topic because when we are willing to share the good news with other people, we learn all about God's mercy 
towards us. So as a, as, as, as a response, because of our gratefulness for what God didn't do uh, to us, we want other people to also receive the message because we don't want them to have to deal with the wrath of God. We, we, we want clemency. And so uh, we are grateful to God for giving us an opportunity to warn other people. So we join church to learn more about our divine purpose. So not just about grace and mercy, but our divine purpose. Isaiah 43 and 21 reminds us that this people have I formed for myself that they shall show forth my praise. Beautiful. He's talking about Israel, but this is a prescriptive text. This is for all humanity. It's prescriptive. It's not just descriptive. It's prescriptive, meaning it's, a bind, it's binding for all humanity. It's, it's binding for all believers. Uh, this people have I formed for myself that they should show forth my praise. God created us that we may show forth his praise by the way we live, by the way we talk, by the things we do. God wants those offerings to be a sweet savor in his nostril. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2 and 10. We are God's workmanship, right? We're God's trophy cases. And so everywhere we go, we need to be a witness for Jesus Christ. So the question is, what is your role in God's global plan? In previous episode, I talked about how we're all interconnected. So if you say you're a Christian here, you're also representing Christians around the world. So everything we do comes back as a reflection of not just your local church, not just your city church, not just your regional church, but your global church. We're all interconnected, and God is calling all of us to do ministry. So what is your part in this global ministry assignment that God has called us to do? We can learn a lot through the psychology of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, uh, who viewed himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Uh, His imprisonment in Rome is directly linked to his work for the Lord. Uh, You could see that when Paul was in prison. You could see that uh, him being in bondage uh, uh, showed us the calling of God on his life, as well as the purpose of why God had him in that situation. So, by the way, just because we live uh, in the community or we live in a country that seemed tolerant in some cases of uh, our ability to practice our religion, don't be confused. Don't be confused. Uh, They're just tolerating us. Uh, They could quickly, just as quickly, start creating laws to... Um, make things difficult for us, for us to maybe say the word God, but not use the name Jesus. Uh, and don't ever say it'll never happen. But regardless of all of that persecution or the uh, possibility of being persecuted, we have to keep preaching the word of God. We have to keep teaching the word of God. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to embolden us to never quit, to never compromise, to not allow uh, the world to intimidate us. And this is what I loved about the apostles. Uh, I, I can recall Peter saying, uh, should we listen to God or should we listen to man? And basically it was a rhetorical question. Peter knew that he must 
uh, follow what God asked him to do or what God commanded him to do and not stop preaching the gospel. Because if we stop preaching the gospel, then what hope does the world have? Jesus says, should, should you take a light and put it under a bushel? No, don't let your light be put under a bushel. We have to keep shining this light because uh, the, uh, we are the conscience of humanity. Christ left us here to be witnesses. He, he left us here to illuminate the light that he produces through us. So here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. This is what Paul said. Can you believe that? He said, I've looked at my condition and I believe that I'm the chief among all sinners. I disagree with him, but he, he believed it. And that produces humility. That produces humility, despite all that Paul was able to accomplish because of Jesus. Um, he realized uh, that he was a wretch undone. He realized that uh, prior to Christ, he was dirty. And prior to Christ, you were dirty. Uh, you thought some things that you shouldn't have thought. You did some things that you shouldn't have done. You uh, um, misrepresented uh, who you were. There's, uh, you conceived things in your heart that you never repented for. So we were dirty prior to accepting Christ. So because of that, we are indebted to him. Because of that, we uh, uh, have been called to represent Jesus because we are grateful for what he's done, for, uh, for what he, uh, where he's brought us from. We are grateful to uh, Jesus. Paul saw himself as a servant of Christ. Uh, we see that in Galatians 1 and 10. He says, for I am now seeking the approval of man or God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ Jesus. That is a deep scripture. Think about it. He said, I'm not trying to uh, win a popularity contest. I'm not trying to please you. No, man is not my standard. God is. So I live unto God, not living to please people. But if you live unto God, you will affect the lives of people. And we affect the lives of people for the good or the bad. So you might as well live for God because he's going to hold you accountable. So Paul is saying, no, I would not be a servant of Christ if I was using people as my standard. But Jesus is his standard. And likewise, we must have the same philosophy as Paul has. Jesus is my servant. The doctrine of ministry. This is the mindset that we all need to have. It's not just up to your uh, leaders inside the church to promote the gospel. You have been called to promote the gospel. You are a minister. You are a servant. You are people of the way. You are Christians. We have to do our part for kingdom building. 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did, did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we, uh, that we might, and it goes on, uh, with the scripture, we knew he knew no sin. That was Jesus, the perfect lamb of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 5, 20 and 21. Paul saw himself as an ambassador. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. This is why we ought to be in ministry. 
because God sees us as ambassadors. God expects us to be ambassadors. So when we are not in ministry, we are falling short of godly expectations. We are falling short of what he asks us to do. In Galatians 2 and 20, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, uh, there's this uh, imagery of being uh, God's uh, servant, God's ambassador. I'm not living for me. I'm living for Jesus. He lives in me. That's the imagery Paul wants us to have. So if uh, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, then what are you doing with him? Are you listening to him? Are you open to him using you to be an ambassador? And Luke 9.23 says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Again, this imagery of service, of picking up your cross daily and following Jesus. He gives us our purpose, right? You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill cannot be hidden, as I said before. Matthew 5.14. Um, that was, was the imagery that I spoke of before not allowing your light to be placed under a bushel. It's very important that we as Christians, we do our part in sharing the good news. The rate of depression is high. Rate of suicide is high. There's too many people living without hope. There's too many people not being able to control their anger and don't know their purpose. God's word addresses our humanity, our psychology, our psychosis. It addresses all of those things. And I believe if we did our part as Christians, our communities would be better. Our homes would be better. Our schools would be better. Our nation will be better. So I pray that we've got something from these three uh, episodes of the Doctrine of Ministry. We thank you for your prayers. If you would like to support us financially, please go to srministries.org. And remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a lot more. Please connect to lifeaudio.com. God bless. 
Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.